0: It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. To a, yeah, there we go. Made it to a Tuesday. It is Tuesday, right? I'm retired. I don't know what day it is. Welcome into the show. Spears on Sports presented by M&M Carnage. It is Tuesday, October 4th m M&M Cards hotline is open, 502-384-1450. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, 384-1450. Thornton's text line is open as well. You can hit me up on that Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. 414-1450 to get your text into the show. Just found out Loretta Lynn passed away today. 90 years young. Coal miner's daughter. This is a Kentucky legend. Now, when you think Kentucky legend... I think you go Muhammad Ali, right? Colonel Sanders. You know, after that, you know, pick and choose who you just consider a legendary Kentucky figure. But Loretta Lynn, I'm gonna go top top five. I'm gonna go top five here. Country music legend. So a sad day. Hope you have a uh, hope you had a great Monday. Did I say it was Monday? It's Tuesday. <laughs> hope you had a great Monday. I did. I had my grandson for about six hours yesterday afternoon. He's almost four. He started his new school yesterday. And I know he had a good time. I know he had a good time. Because I had other parents tell me, parents who dropped their child off at the same school, or daycare, or preschool, whatever you want to call it, that saw him and said he was having a great time. He was having fun with the other kids. I said, how was school today? You like school? No. No. Did you have fun with your new friends? No. I don't want to go back. He's not telling me the truth. This this one's going to be a tough one. I, I feel for my daughter. This one's going to be a tough one. We did get to watch The Good Dinosaur last night. I've never seen it. It's not the best Pixar movie. It's not the best Disney movie ever. But, you know, it was 93 minutes of enjoying a movie with my grandson. So it was worth it. I also had a chance while he wasn't around to watch the first episode on Netflix of Dahmer, Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. Evan Peters plays Jeffrey Dahmer? Yikes. It's a 10-episode ten, series, 10 episode limited series on Netflix. Each episode is about 45 to 50 minutes long. I'm one episode in, A, I'm hooked, and B, I'm disturbed that I'm hooked. Yikes. Monster is the correct term. And then I watched the first half of a Nolan Ryan documentary on Netflix as well. So I'll finish that off today. So good day for me. Good day for me. Staying home, hanging out with the grandson, watching Pixar movies, and Serial killer documentaries. Yeah, I, I had it all yesterday. 49ers beat the Rams last night. I gave you the Rams. Told you they'd win. 49ers win it 24-9. to What's wrong with the defending champion Los Angeles Rams? Well, they seem predictable. Right? They seem predictable. They can't throw it deep. Vance Jefferson is hurt. Odell Beckham is not with the team any longer, and although he might be later. He's uh, recovering from an ACL. Cooper Cup's great. Cooper Cup is gonna get open. Matthew Stafford's gonna get him the ball. He's gonna he was targeted nineteen times last night. Nineteen targets to one receiver in an NFL game. Matthew Stafford threw forty eight passes last night. Nineteen of those were intended for Cooper Cup. He had 14 catches, 122 yards. That's about eight and a half yards a catch. But, again, the Niners just said, we're going to keep him in front of us. He can catch all the balls he wants. We're going to tackle him. They're not going deep. They're not going deep. And the Rams had long drives, a couple of eight-minute drives, finished with three field goals. Could not get the ball into the end zone. So, What are they missing? Well, on defense, they're not missing a lot. They're still really good defensively. They were missing three offensive linemen last night. Matthew Stafford was pressured 17 times and sacked seven times. So the offensive line issues are definitely there with the Rams. Long-term I still like the Rams better than I like the 49ers because I like Matthew Stafford better than I like Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G is serviceable. I know what they say. All he does is win. He was 16 of 27, 239 yards. He threw a touchdown to Debo Samuel on a pass that could have been intercepted. Debo caught it and ran another 44 yards for the touchdown. He might, he might be the best player in football that nobody knows about. He held out over the uh, summer, was intent on leaving the 49ers. To their credit, they wouldn't trade him. They did get him re-signed, and last night, six catches, 115 yards, that amazing catch and run for the touchdown. He had 101 yards after the catch. After the catch. He leads the league as he did last year in yards after the catch. You just can't bring him down. And it was a highlight reel run for the touchdown. He caught it at about the 45 of the Rams and did the rest on his his own. It was about a seven-yard pass. And he did the rest in Debo Samuel fashion. He was the best player on the turf last night. And Aaron Donald was on the turf last night. So the Niners are two and two. The Rams are two and two. Every, in fact, everybody in that division is now two and two, and that includes the Seattle Seahawks, who saw that coming, and uh, the Arizona Cardinals. So as we look at the uh, NFL, four weeks in, this used to be easy. This is twenty five percent of the season. And they added a game a couple years ago. Now we got seventeen. I got to do math. This is apparently less than twenty-five percent of the season, right? Four out of seventeen carry the six. Got a got a ampersand in there somewhere. I don't know. But the uh, when we start in the NFC, the Eagles are four zero. The Cowboys are three and one. The Giants are three and one. Who had who had the NFC East four weeks into the season? With 11 wins and 5 losses, raise your hand. There better not be any hands going up. The Giants are supposed to be terrible. They're 3-1. and one. The Cowboys lost Dak Prescott in the first week. They're 3-1. and one. The Eagles are the only undefeated team in football at 4-0. I thought the Eagles were going to be good. I think they're better than I thought they were going to be. And, of course, the Washington Commander Redskin football team is 1-3. NFC North, Vikings and Packers, 3-1. I think we all kind of expected that. Bears 2-2, two and two, better than we thought. Lions 1-3. and three. We always fall in love with the team on Hard Knocks on HBO. We fall in love with the HBO Hard Knocks team. Oh, I'm on Ron Sant Brown and his dad. That was great. Aiden Hutchison, the, the rookie out of Michigan, playing for his home state team, the Detroit Lions. He's a beast. Rodrigo, the rookie linebacker who wasn't expected to make the team, now he's a special teams guru and also playing a lot of linebacker. Well, the reason he's playing a lot of linebacker is cuz their defense is terrible. They're giving up they've given up over 35 points a game. But we fall in love with that HBO team. Dan Campbell. Man, I'd run through a wall for that guy. He's great. He's a head coach that played tight end. He is no nonsense, but he's funny, and he loves his players. You can tell. I'm pulling for this team. They're going to win some games. They're going to score a lot of points. They scored more points than anybody in the league. They're 1-3. and But we expected the Vikings, at least I did. I got them in the Super Bowl. I think I may have overreached on that one. They escaped London with a win over the Saints who are not good, and the Packers, they still got Aaron Rodgers. That's all you need to say. Who's his number one receiver? He doesn't even know. Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, Romeo Dobbs, Robert Tunyon. I have no idea who a lot of these guys are, and he has no idea who's going to catch it when he throws it and who's not going to catch it when he throws it. But the, here are the Packers, 3-1. NFC South, Buccaneers 2-2. Two two. Falcons 2-2. Two two. Your Atlanta Falcons. Marcus Mariota is the quarterback. The Panthers are 1-3. That was expected. The Saints are 1-3. That was expected. Buccaneers 2-2. Two two. All right, they're the only team to beat Dallas so far. They took... Uh, Oh, who was it they took to the wire? Now I got to look it up. I hate looking things up. The Chiefs crushed them, even though it ended up a ten-point game. Oh, they took the Packers to the wire, fourteen to twelve. Yikes! And they beat a bad Saints team, twenty to ten. Uh, defense is supposed to be good. Now you got to throw out last Sunday's game or this past Sunday's game against the Chiefs because the Chiefs are a different animal. But for the most part. The Buccaneers look like they got the best defense, maybe in the NFC. But the Falcons 2-2, that one uh, is surprising. Beat the Browns on Sunday by three. They beat the Seahawks the week before by four. They've lost their games by one point and four points. So every game for the Falcons has been four or less points at the end of the game. I'm saying take the points this week if you uh, can get the Falcons in some points. NFC West, I mentioned it. Everybody's two and two. Uh it feels like the Seahawks are gonna fall off the off the uh off the cliff here. They give up way too many points. And I know they, they scored forty eight last week against uh the hapless defense of the Detroit Lions. But I don't know where they're going. Cardinals feel like if Kyler Murray's Allowed to just run around and throw it around. They might win some games, but otherwise, maybe in trouble. It comes down to 49ers-Rams. I like the 49ers, but I like the Rams a little bit more. AFC East, the Dolphins are 3-1. Tua will not play this week. Apparently, they have decided, yes, it's a concussion now. Now it's a concussion. The first time he stumbled and the second time he stumbled, It wasn't a concussion, but when his fingers locked up in the next game after being thrown to the ground, yeah, maybe that's a concussion. Teddy Bridgewater will get the start in New York against the Jets on Sunday. Uh, Dolphins, Bills, three and one. We kind of saw that coming. The Jets are two and two. Hey, they are outperforming the preseason hype and the Patriots are one and three. That is not a good football team. Now they took. Green Bay to overtime, last second field goal in overtime for the Packers to win that game. That's a lot of Bill Belichick. Mac Jones is hurt. The backup quarterback Brian Hoyer went out early with a concussion. Bailey Zappi, Western Kentucky, came in, played you know serviceably, pretty well actually, from what you would expect. But the Patriots are one and three. They got no offensive firepower. Their number one receiver Jacoby Myers did not play. The fact that I said their number one receiver is Jacoby Myers should tell you all you need to know about the Patriots. They're just not good. Their defense is going to keep them in some games. But they're not going to win a lot of games. AFC North, the Bengals are back. Bengals started 0-2. I was ready to jump off the ship, I'm not going to lie. But they've won a couple in a row. The Ravens are 2-2, and and the two losses are... They led both games by 17 or more points. John Harbaugh apologized uh, after the game Sunday for not kicking the field goal that would have given his team a three point lead and forced Buffalo to come down the field and either tie it with a field goal or try to win it with a touchdown. He said he should have kicked a field goal. It was fourth and five at the fourth and goal at the five, and Lamar got rushed, went back. You know, threw an interception in the end zone. He didn't even throw it away. If you throw it away, Buffalo has to start at the, what, I think it was the two yard line, actually. But he threw an interception in the end zone, so Buffalo gets to start at the 20. That was big. Ravens, two and two, probably should be four and oh. Had the Dolphins beat, had the Bills beat. They were up 20 to three in that game. You got to win that game. The Browns are two and two. Karma is getting the Browns here. Atlanta beat them. Um, you know they're just wait. They're just trying to tread water until Deshaun Watson comes back after eleven. After week eleven, Steelers are one and three. Lucky to have a win. Remember their win week one. Bengals missed an extra point that would have ended the game. If the Bengals make an extra point in, in late in the game in week one, the the Steelers are zero and four. They just lost at home to the Jets. The Kenny Pickett era will now begin. Now, Pickett relieved Mitchell Trubisky in the last game uh, against the Jets. He threw three interceptions. They weren't all his fault. He ran two touch, ran for two touchdowns. Steelers had a late lead, let it get away. But Kenny Pickett will start against Buffalo this weekend as the Pickett era begins in Pittsburgh. AFC South is an absolute war. The Titans and the Jaguars are 2-2. Two and two. My Titans, Colts are 1-2-1, and one. very disappointing. Texans are 0-3-1, uh, sort of what we expected. And the AFC West, here we are again, four weeks into the season, and the Chiefs are in, on top of the division. We heard how good this division was going to be. The Broncos got Russell Wilson. The Raiders got Devontae Adams. The Chargers, another year under Justin Herbert. Chiefs are kind of, eh, they lost Tyreek Hill. They're kind of coming back to the pack. Not so fast. Chiefs 3-1, Chargers 2-2 two two with uh, Herbert playing with maybe broken ribs. The Broncos are 2-2. Two and two. They can't score points, 66 points in four games. And the Raiders finally got a win. Finally got a win over the Broncos. They're 1-3. So there's your uh, NFL update. I'm going to look at the college games coming up, look at the early spreads on those. Baseball playoffs start Friday. Another team clinched their spot in the playoffs. The playoffs are just about set. We got 18 games today in in Major League Baseball, including three doubleheaders. We'll talk about that more on the other side of the break. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Cartage. John Spears in studio talking to Gary Clark on the other side of the glass about Dahmer. So you've seen the whole thing.
1: Yes, I have.
0: All right. No spoilers here. No, no. It's 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 You say very, I, I should it, go ahead and finish it. Yes. But you also said you'll never want to see it again.
1: That's right. It was very good. I'm glad I watched it, but it it really was the type of movie that creep me out and I'm glad I saw it, but I don't ever want to see it again. Like if I was flipping through the channels one day, nothing else was on and I came across Dahmer, I wouldn't stop like I do for like (laughs) Caddyshack or a
0: movie like that. (laughs) Yeah, Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story available on Netflix now. It's a 10 episode, they call it a limited series. Yeah, they
1: break it down. It's about eight, uh, over 10 episodes. It's about eight hours
0: and 45 minutes. They used to call mini series. Remember that when it, when Roots was on, it was a mini series. Now it's a oh, limited. Yeah. Win, winds of a, War was one of my a, favorite mini. It's a limited series. Yeah, <laughs> Band of Brothers. Limited series.
1: Well, you know the Dahmer series has to be limited because of what eventually happens.
0: Yeah, it is a true story, or at least based on a true story.
1: Yeah, there's there's a few facts that uh, you know they went Hollywood with, but I remember when it originally happened, and I read a lot about it, and read a book about it, and it's it's pretty true to what really
0: happened. Evan Peters, uh, and I'm again. I'm only one episode in. I thought he was great. as well, Jeffrey He does a Dahmer. great
1: job, and you also get to see. And I didn't realize it was her until I was reading something on Facebook about it. His grandmother is played by uh, Michael Learned from The Waltons. Yeah, and, uh, and and his stepmother's played by, <laughs> by Molly Ringwald of all people. But they they made her up to look
0: really old. But yeah, uh, now I'm of that age where. I was I was big Molly Ringwald fan, if you know what I mean. Oh, you like those uh, teen comedies, oh, yeah. with John? Breakfast Hughes Club movies. and Pretty in Pink and all that. Yeah, big big Molly Ringwald fan. Richard Jenkins plays uh, Dahmer's dad.
1: Yeah, he was a dad, in, I remember from
0: the series Six Feet Under. He was in Step Brothers. He played the dad. Oh, in I never Step saw Brothers. that. Oh my gosh, hilarious! But uh, he's also he's a great actor, great character actor. And uh, Niecy Nash, who used to be in Reno Nine One One, is the neighbor. Um, I've again, I've only seen one episode. She was fantastic, but, uh, I guess I'll, yeah, don't eat, don't watch it during uh, meal mealtime. Right, Gary.
1: <laughs> yeah. don't. I wouldn't even want to eat a, bo- uh, uh, you know, yeah. a, a bowl of popcorn <laughs> while that movie
0: was on. Yeah. I right.
1: had a hard time taking a drink of my Coke. <laughs>
0: um, and don't watch it right before you go to sleep. I'm assuming. No. Yeah. Do it in daylight. Watch it in the daylight. Make sure you're going to watch Caddyshack or a comedy afterward. Animal House. To, uh, yeah, to get that taste <laughs> out of your mouth. Yeah, I hear you. So uh, anyway, that's what I'll be doing uh, for the next uh, few days, at least. A little dommer. I don't know what my problem is. I love true crime documentaries, and most of them are grizzly. Most of them are grizzly. I watched one uh, this weekend, Sins of Our Mother, on Netflix. Three episodes, limited series, probably an hour, probably two and a half hours long total. And I, I got out of my chair and said, why did I watch that? Because now I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life.
1: All right. Do, do you remember the uh, Gary Gilmore miniseries that was on years ago? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. That, that was good, but that was that was over network television and Dahmer since it's Netflix. <laughs> a
0: little different? <laughs> Very realistic. <laughs> All right, uh, Major League Baseball. The Phillies are in the playoffs. Yay! First time in eleven years. The Mariners, Seattle Mariners, uh, made the playoffs uh, this weekend uh, for the first time since two thousand one. I believe they were the they were the team with the longest playoff drought coming into this season, and now the Mariners are in the playoffs. So I don't know who has the longest playoff drought now. The Phillies. It was been eleven years. They won in Houston last night 3 to nothing, to clinch uh, a spot in the playoffs. Aaron Nola had a perfect game through uh, into the seventh inning last night. But the uh, Phillies are, I want to say, a little dangerous. They'll probably play, as the things are lined up right now, they'll probably play a three-game set this weekend in St. Louis, all three games in St. Louis against the Cardinals. Wouldn't surprise me at all if the Phillies came out and won that series. Kyle Schwarber. I think he's the leading home run man in the National League. Uh they got Bryce Harper who was hurt most of the year. He's back. He's playing well. The pitching staff is solid. Phillies it wouldn't surprise me if they won that series. Marlins beat the Braves last night, four nothing. The Braves coming off that uh, three game sweep of the Mets in Atlanta, and they showed they they acted like they were a little hungover yesterday. Because they took a two-game lead on the Mets with three to play. And I've said this before. It is is very, very important to be the winner of the National League East and not a wild card out of the National League East. And that looks like that's what the Mets are going to be. Now, the Mets in Washington were rained out last night. They'll play a double dip today. It's on the verge of being over, but it's not over. And I said this yesterday. The Marlins won three out of four in Milwaukee this weekend. The Marlins are a tough team to play because they've got great starting pitching. It was Lazardo last night. I know the Braves are probably going to get Sandy Alcantara, who should be in the discussion for uh, Cy Young, winner in the National League, before this season's over. They won't get him tonight. Let's see if they get him on Wednesday. Uh, No. So the Braves dodge a bullet there. They won't have to face Sandy Alcantara uh, of the Miami Marlins. But Miami wins last night 4-0. That cuts the Braves' lead over the Mets to a game and a half. Mets rained out. They'll play a doubleheader at home against Washington today. And, of course, uh, Braves will play Miami uh, in game two of that three-game set tonight. So if the season ended today, Houston and the Yankees one two in the American League. They get the bye. It would be six-seed Tampa Bay at Cleveland for a three-game set and fifth-seeded Seattle at fourth-seeded Toronto for a three-game set. Now remember, these three-game wildcard series are all in one place. It's no home and home here. It's The, the top seed has it all three games at home. Nationally, Dodgers clinched the number one spot, I don't know, sometime in May maybe. Atlanta right now is number two. Philadelphia, as I mentioned, would play the NL West champion, St. Louis Cardinals in St. Louis. And San Diego at the Mets, dangerous for the Mets there. Again, San Diego's got good pitching. And I say this all the time, anybody can win a three-game series. Anybody. Seven-game series, it's a little different. You get star pitchers twice. You get, uh, you know, if, if you start off slowly, you get a chan- chance to bounce back. You lose game one, it's not that big of a deal. You lose game one in a three-game series, all of a sudden you're in trouble. And the playoffs begin Friday. Is anybody paying attention? Now, I'm paying attention because it's Tuesday and there's no football tonight. And tomorrow it's Wednesday and there's no football. By Thursday, we won't care. Because Thursday night, the Broncos are playing the Colts. That's a terrible Thursday night game. We thought it was going to be a good Thursday night game. Russell Wilson uh, is in Denver now. The Colts got Matt Ryan. We certainly thought they were going to contend. Right now, it's a bad game. Because I mentioned earlier, the the Broncos, they scored 66 points in four games. That is, I don't know what that is. 16 a game, 16 and a half points a game. That's not good. And the Colts, well, they got shut out by the Jaguars. They tied the Houston Texans. My Tennessee Titans went up to Indianapolis and took care of business this weekend and beat the Colts. Colts are 1-2-1, and one. not good. But we don't care because it's football. It's NFL football. And everybody's got their fantasy team, and everybody loves to gamble on Thursday night football. That's what it's all about. And we don't care that the Major League Baseball playoffs start on Friday. By the way, Aaron Judge, no homer again last night. Yankees beat Baltimore 3-1 to last night. Judge has three more games now. I'm sorry, Texas. Yankees beat Texas 3-1. to They're in uh, Arlington. Now, Texas has said, we're going to pitch to him. We're going to throw them strikes. We're not going to pitch around him. We're not going to walk him intentionally, we're going to pitch to Aaron Judge. He's got three games left, two today. Doubleheader Yankees in Texas today. I don't think he's going to do it. I hate to say that, but he had a big gap between 60 and 61. Remember that? I think it was 11 games, nine games, something like that. But the Maris family was in New York when the Red Sox were in town. Uh, His mom's there. They show her every at-bat. They go to Toronto. Yeah, there they are. Let's let's look, part of the Maris family said, that's it, we're going home. We're not going to Toronto. Now maybe they can't get in the country. I don't know the legalities of the Maris family and who's a felon and who's not. But only Roger Maris Jr. went to Toronto. Sat next to Aaron Judge's mom. He hit the 61st in Toronto. He's in a bit of a spot now where he looks like he's pressing a little bit. I watched a couple of at bats last night. He's not lifting the ball, he's hitting ground balls, he's reaching for pitches. You you press. He's trying to get 62. I get it. The Red Sox didn't want him to to uh hit the 61st home run against them because of the rivalry. Hey, as a Yankee. We're not giving up. We're not we're going to pitch around them. And the and the Red Sox are in last place. They're playing for nothing. You know what they're playing for when they're playing the Yankees? They're playing for pride. They're playing because we're not losing the Yankees and we're not giving up Aaron Judge's 61st home run. Toronto, you go to Toronto. Toronto at the time was still trying to make sure they were going to get in the playoffs. They still had to win a couple of games here. So they're not pitching to him. Then he goes back to New York against the Orioles, and you think, okay, the Orioles just got eliminated from playoff contention. He'll get it at home. He'll just hit a fly ball to the short porch in right field, and it'll be all said and done. He didn't. He struggled. Now he's in Texas, a hitter's park. Not good last night. As I mentioned, the Yankees, the Yankees aren't scoring any runs now. They've already they're. Set in their spot. They're the number two seed in the American League. So it really, really doesn't matter. But Judge, one for four last night. One for four with a uh, a single. Stanton hit a homer. Higashioka hit a homer. Marwin Gonzalez hit a homer. So it's a home run ballpark. Everybody's trying to hit homers. They scored three. They had three solo home runs. But that's the Yankees. Yankees either strike out, walk, or home run. Hit a homer. That's it. So um, tonight, today, two o five Yankees in Texas. That's on the MLB Network. If you want to maybe watch some history, Gray will pitch for the uh, Dodgers. I'm telling you, this is. Uh, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know. If he's. I, I don't think he's going to get it, and I'm okay with that. he two Yankees tied for the American League home run record of all time. Gray will pitch the first game for Texas. Allard will pitch the second game. If it comes down to Wednesday, October 5th, it'll be Otto for Texas. So he's got three guys that uh, are not household names trying to hit a home run off of. By the way, tomorrow's games, there are 15 games in the last day of the regular season tomorrow. All begin between four o'clock and four fifteen. Usually that happens on the last Sunday of the season. Just in case we got a pennant race, somebody's trying to get into the playoffs, somebody's trying to win a division, whatever it is, you know, Mets Braves uh, this year, they're they're you know, their games are gonna start at the same time. But this year, because we had games at the beginning of the season that were canceled due to the lockout, had to move them to the end of the season, we got this extra Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. When the season, in effect, should be over right now. So all games tomorrow start between 4 and 4.15. That is a, that's a big day for me. That's a big day. Because my MLB package can only show me eight games at a time on one screen. And we're going to have 15 going. Whew. I'll be sweating tomorrow. Uh, As I mentioned, playoffs begin Friday. By the way, Tony La Russa uh, announced yesterday that he will not return to the White Sox as manager next year. I was surprised when they named Tony La Russa the manager when they did. He's 78 years old now, and he left the team in early August because of a heart issue, a health issue pertaining to his heart. Um. I, I didn't expect him to come back. The White Sox were supposed to win that division. They didn't. The Cleveland Guardians did. And the Twins were in it as well. That's not a good division in the American League Central. And the White Sox have a lot of talent and were expected to win that division. And they laid an egg most of the year. They got good pitching. They got terrific offensive players. I know their leadoff hitter, Tim Anderson, was hurt for a majority of the season. I've watched them play. They don't hustle. They don't run out ground balls. They don't do little baseball things. You got a guy hitting third who's a great hitter that just wants to put his numbers up. He doesn't care about helping the team win. Tony Larusa, they got to get a young, energetic manager in there. And you got to tell your guys, Hey, we're going to play hard. We're not going to dog it. This, this team dogs it. They do. Um, so Tony La Russa won't be back. Hopefully he can, you know, get all his health issues in order. But, uh, look, he, Oakland A's world series champion, Chicago White Sox, uh, his first run through the White Sox world series champion, St. Louis Cardinals world series champions. He's one of the greatest managers of all time. And he's one of the first managers back when he was with the White Sox and back when he was with Oakland to say, look. Uh, I'm going to pitch a lefty against a lefty and a righty. I'm going to change pitchers every batter. If that's what it takes, we're going to wor- work matchups. And uh, he made games long. He made games long. And he's one of the reasons that there's there are new rules in place to speed up the game a little bit. The three-batter the three rule that a pitcher has to face three batters when he comes in, that's Tony La Russa, man. Because he was the first guy to say, yeah, I'm not I'm not having these guys have two inning saves. We're gonna get a closer, he's gonna pitch one inning a game. That's it. At the end of the game, if we're winning, he's coming in. That's it. And in the seventh and eighth inning, I might use six pitchers. All right, we'll take a break. Look at the college football spreads for next week. See what the cats and cards and hoosiers and boilermakers are expected to do. Listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Yeah, I heard it. Welcome back, John Spears in the studio, M&M Carthage presenting Spears on Sports. M&M Carthage hotline open, 384-1450. Last chance to join in on the conversation, 502-384-1450. Thornton's text line open as well. Get your final text into the show here at 502-414-1450. Phoenix Hill Richard sends me a text, uh, I like Molly Ringwald too. Yeah, who doesn't like Molly Ringwald? Kentucky basketball schedule is official now. The all 31 games are set. Uh, Big Blue Madness uh, October 14th, Blue White game in Pikeville on October 22nd. Exhibition games against Missouri Western State. I did not know that was a uh, university. Missouri Western State on October 30th. The head coach in Missouri Western State is former UK manager Will Martin. Assistant coaches are John Hood and Perry Stevenson, both former Wildcats as well. And then uh, Kentucky State on November 3rd. Kentucky opens the se- regular season against Howard, the Bison, on November 7th at Rupp Arena. First head-to-head matchup between those two programs. The Bison are coached by former Duke player Kenny Blakeney. Uh, so 13-game non-conference schedule. Then the SEC slate. Some of the non-conference games include home games against Louisville and Kansas, a uh, road game against Gonzaga, although it's not in Gonzaga's home arena. It's in Spokane, but uh, it's at a bigger venue. Neutral site matchups with Michigan State. That's the State Farm Champions Classic in Indianapolis. Michigan in London, England. I wonder if Dugan will send me to cover that game in London, England. And then uh, UCLA in the CBS Sports Classic in New York. Home games against Duquesne, South Carolina State, and North Florida in the three-game Tribute Classic presented by Kentucky Tourism. Conference-wise, the Cats will play home and homes against Arkansas, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt. Away games against Alabama, Mississippi State, Missouri, and Ole Miss. And home games against Auburn, LSU, South Carolina. And Texas A&M. So uh, you can find it online anywhere. The uh, entire schedule is now out for the University of Kentucky basketball. But it's football season. It's not basketball season yet. And as we heard from Mark Stoops, Kentucky's a football school. Kentucky ranked 13th at home this weekend. South Carolina comes to town with a 3-2 and record. But the Gamecocks haven't really beaten anybody. Kentucky's a 10.5-point favorite. That's a, a Saturday night, 7.30 on the SEC Network. Um, Chris Rodriguez, I think, will be even better this week. South Carolina, Spencer Rattler is a serviceable quarterback. He's actually a good quarterback, but I, wor- I worry about his weapons and that defense. And I don't see Kentucky having a problem if they come ready to play. Now, There's always the danger of, we just lost our first game of the year a game that we were in, a game that we feel like we should have won, and it's still in the back of your mind as you're prepping for South Carolina. That's ah, just South Carolina. Kentucky's beating them six times in a row. This will be a walkover. And you walk into a buzzsaw. There's always a chance that happens. But the Cats right now have South Carolina-Mississippi State, both home games, both at 7.30 on the on the SEC network before by. bye 6 and 1 is the is the goal here. 6 and 1 is the goal. Get to 6 and 1 and your chances in the SEC East are still every bit as alive as they were before you went down and lost at Ole Miss. Because you lost a game to a Western Division team. You beat everybody in the East and that includes Tennessee on the road and Georgia at home. I'm afraid to tell you that includes those and you're going to be SEC East champions. It really is that simple. I don't think they're going to beat Georgia. Nobody thinks they're going to beat Georgia. But if they do, dot, dot, dot. Louisville's at Virginia for yet another noon game. I saw a a, a tweeter yesterday said uh, that Louisville's bye week has been scheduled for a noon game. All games are at noon for Louisville. (sighs) Ah. It's not the window. Look, as as a reporter, if you ask any reporter, they love the noon games because they don't have any problem meeting their deadline. Game's over at three, stories in the can by four, and you got the rest of the night off. If you're John Hale at the Lexington Herald Leader covering Kentucky, or or uh, Alexis Cubit covering U of L football for the Courier, yeah, it's it's in the can. It's done, man. It's done. But (laughs) noon starts means nobody cares. Nobody cares. Louisville and Virginia, both teams are 2-3. and Both teams underachieving. Both teams star quarterbacks should be better. Not good. Louisville, by the way, is a a 3.5-point favorite. Remember, they were two-touchdown favorite at Boston College last week. How'd that work out? And again, still waiting to hear from Scott Satterfield. Now, maybe he's addressed it. Uh, I'm assuming, like he does every Tuesday, he met with the media here at noon. But I really haven't seen anything on this. We wonder what's wrong with Malik Cunningham. If you remember, he went down, got, I don't want to say concussed, but took a shot Came out of the game for one play, went back in, finished the drive with a a rushing touchdown, and two drives later, he was on the bench. And later in the game, before the last Cardinal possession, he was being escorted to the locker room. I still don't know what it is, and I'm sure it's been addressed because Scott Satterfield did have his noon press conference today. But it's not good. This is not good. Uh, I'm trying to read as I do the show here. Uh, Defense was an issue for sure. A lot of plays over 20 20 yards. Satterfield says status for Cunningham this week is day-to-day. Definitely a head injury. The doctors pulled him from the game this past Saturday. Okay. The Sunday before this past Saturday, we saw what happened with our own eyes to Tua tonga Thursday before this past Saturday's game, we saw what happened to Tua on the field when he got the concussion, had the fingers, had the uh, fencing pose where uh He had no control and his fingers locked up. And it was frightening. Frightening. So the question I have to ask is, why was Malik Cunningham back in the game after he got dinged up? He played another series. Did we learn nothing? Oh, man. It's disturbing. We saw an NFL game this weekend where a tight end, and I'm trying to remember who it was, got hurt, went out of the game, said it was a shoulder, goes back in. After the game, we learn it's a concussion. What are we doing? What are we doing? Now, he comes off the field. He says, it's my shoulder. Trainers are like, okay, let's look at your shoulder. Doesn't seem to be anything wrong with your shoulder. Oh, yeah, just pop. I think I'm okay. I'll go back in. What do you do if you're the doctor? Well, uh, are you sure it's not your head? No, no, it's not my head. I landed awkwardly on my shoulder. Didn't you see it? Look, it's it's on the replay board. Yeah, it looks like you landed on your head. No, no, no. I'm fine. All players say I'm fine. And I'm sure. I'm certain. Malik Cunningham said, I'm okay. There's nothing wrong with me. We have to protect these players from themselves, whether they're in the NFL or college football players. Have to. They're not going to protect themselves because they are worried that there's a guy on the bench waiting his turn, and if he gets in this game, I may never get back in another game going forward. That's the mentality of a starting football player. I don't care if you're an offensive lineman or a punter. That's the mentality. If I get hurt, they're going to replace me, and they're not going to look back. And if the guy that replaces me plays well, I might as well transfer. And I don't want to transfer. I want to play here. Uh, So Malik Cunningham officially, according to Scott Satterfield, day to day. The other thing Scott Satterfield talked about today in his press conference was being more involved with the defense. Okay, it's a good idea. Brown Brown defense coordinator, maybe he needs somebody to be more involved. Because that was awful what I saw on the field Saturday against Boston College. Terrible defense. After allowing only three points to South Florida, it was embarrassing. Purdue at Maryland, unranked teams. Again, guess what time? Gary, I'll give you one guess. Yes, noon. Purdue and Maryland Big Ten Network. 11 Central. (laughs) 11 Central. Maryland is a three-point favorite. Kentucky and Ole Miss were a noon game. They were both ranked. And that was 11 a.m. in the Grove in in, in, in Oxford, Mississippi. Oh, gosh. Indiana, Michigan in Indiana. I'll give you one guess. Yep. You got it. 12 o'clock. By the way, the top five teams in the country are all uh, favored by 20 or more points this weekend. Alabama hosting A&M, 8 o'clock Saturday night on CBS. Remember the controversy? Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban, little uh, war of words in the offseason. Well, this was it. This is the game. Texas A&M is 3-2. and two. They're unranked. Alabama's a 24-point favorite. This is where we thought, ESPN game day would be months ago on this date. Mark it down, October the uh, 8th. Mark it down. They're in Lawrence, Kansas game day. They're in Lawrence, Kansas for TCU and Kansas in the battle of the unbeatens. Number two, Georgia hosts Auburn. Georgia's a 30-point favorite over Auburn. Think about that. Oh, the mighty have fallen. Ohio State at Michigan State. On the road, the Buckeyes 25-and-a-half. Michigan at Indiana, fourth-ranked Wolverines, are 22-point favorite. Clemson's a a 20.5-point favorite at Boston College. Ah, More tomorrow. Regular season and baseball ends. We'll talk about that. And, of course, we'll talk football. Listening Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on The Big X.